You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business side of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, Amy Grice, VMD MBA, is going to share takeaways from the AAP convention keynote speaker. Dr. Grice was an equine practitioner for more than 20 years before starting veterinary business consulting. She advises veterinarians and practice owners on a wide variety of projects and challenges, and she's the current AAEP treasurer. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by CareCredit. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Grice. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Well, we're uh, starting a new year, but we're going to start on, I think, the foundation of something really important. I think the AP convention from 2022 is going to be one that I that, that we'll be talking about for years to come, simply because it seemed to me the industry has taken the path from wanting to do something about improving the career of equine veterinarian to doing something about it. And I think part of that is understanding how to set boundaries for our clients, our staffs, and ourselves as we rewrite what the job of equine veterinarian looks like. So first, what was your impression of the overall AAP convention? You know, I think that the business coverage in the AAEP convention, which was really the only um, part that I ended up attending, and I was speaking all over the place too, but I thought that the... um, the mix of subjects was so incredibly good. There was something for everyone, whether it was accounts receivable uh, information, but there was a heavy sort of emphasis on sort of softer skills like forming boundaries, being mindful, um, supporting others. It, I thought it was just fabulous, the mix. And, and that was supported by the number of people that were in the room. I was really, really pleased. Well, let's, Let's look at the keynote speaker. John Townsend is a PhD, and the title of his presentation was Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No When You Need To. So what impressed you and what were the key takeaways you got from Dr. Townsend? Well, first, you know, I was so glad that our AAEP president, Rob Franklin, who had planned the convention, had chosen and was able to get Dr. Townsend to speak to us because, you know, it was seven or eight years ago when I first read the book that he wrote with Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And at that time, over two million copies had been sold. I mean, fabulous book. And so I was thrilled to be able to hear him in person. I know some people were a little disappointed that he didn't have any visual kind of presentation to go with what he said. And I am a visual learner, so I listened very carefully. Um, And I thought that he had some really, really important take-home points for all of us. You know, one of those is he talked about how people join veterinary medicine um, because of their passion, and they become horse vets because of their passion for the horse. And he defined that as an endeavor that allows you to lose time, where you lose track of time. That's a passion. Um, And he told us how boundaries were incredibly important to keep people able to uh, keep giving because when you give from an empty cup, you lose your passion. So that was one of the first things that he said that really, really resonated with me. And he said, 
So many of us feel like self-care or the things we need to do to maintain passion are selfish. And he said they are absolutely not selfish because they maintain our passion, which is what keeps us in this career. Um, he just, those those things that he said um, just really made me pay attention um, to what he was going to say next. And, you know, boundaries, you got to learn to say no when you need to say no. And it's hard for everyone. That was one of the things he said, you're not alone in feeling like it's hard because people have the worry about financial challenges, educational debt. What if this client leaves me because I, I have boundaries? Um, but he says, when you look at your responsibilities divided by your resources, he had this burnout equation. So your responsibilities divided by your resources. And what he meant by resources was your energy, your time, supportive people around you, your kindness, your money, maybe. The resources we have available are sometimes exceeded by our responsibilities. In fact, often, most people, if you do that division, you come up with less than one. Your resources are not the same as your responsibilities. So all of us are working at a deficit pretty much all the time. But if that deficit is too much, he says, that's when you get burnout. And, you know, your boundaries can really help you from burning out. Um, so, you know, it's it's hard, too, with clients sometimes who seem to feel, I certainly met some in my career, who feel entitled. Um, and somehow that their needs are more important than the veterinarian's needs or anyone else that you're serving. Yeah. Other clients, right? Um, and so, unfortunately, many veterinarians are kind of people-pleasing people that worry about conflict. Their, their decisions are kind of sometimes based on fear. I'll lose the client. Or, gosh, catastrophic thinking, <laughs> like the, that your mind just fills with all the worst things. Like, if I don't do what they want, you know, they're not going to use me anymore and they're going to tell all their friends and then I'm not going to have any clients and then I'm not going to have any money and I'll be homeless. And, you know, it just down the rabbit hole we go. Right. So yeah. he he talked about some cool tools to think about to try and, you know, get yourself uh, thinking about your priorities and, and what was needed in your boundaries. And the first thing you talked about was like having a task priority page. And I love this idea. I actually changed one of my presentations later about time management to add his ideas because I thought it was really, really useful. And so there were four categories. The first was must do and time fixed. So this would be his example was a daughter's ballet recital. You know, it's at a time you got to show up at that time or you don't get to do it at all. So that's a first 
um, task kind of priority. The next would be a task that is must do, but time flexible. And that could be something, his example was having dinner with the family a certain number of times a month. So, you know, time flexible, meaning it doesn't have to be every Sunday, but um, that you could just have that priority of how many times a month you are committing to be with your family at dinner time or working out or exercise was another example he had. The third category was important, but not a must do. So that would be his examples were things like traveling, collaboration, um, upgrading your tech in your office. Um, when I was doing my presentation, I added cleaning the house with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, it is important, but it's not a must do. And the fourth category he called would be nice. This is also a place to put in cleaning the house. <laughs> um and he had examples of like a spa day or going for a massage or having a Netflix binge, all of which are things that, you know, gosh, that would be really nice, but um, not, Im not that important, really, and not certainly not a must do. And so I love those four categories. Those are great. Yeah. He said also by... Starting a visual monthly calendar, you could put some of those things like your dinners for with the family or the things that the recital, you start plugging those things in on a calendar that you're going to look at because you start to realize how little time you actually have. And if you don't plug them in, a lot of times they don't happen. And I thought that was an important thing. Um, I have a to-do list. But boy, when I plug it in on a calendar, I usually find that I have overscheduled myself. <laughs> so yes. the Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. Another suggestion that he had that really resonated with me was the language that you can use when someone asks you to do something and it doesn't fit on your calendar. And he said the words to use are very, it's only five words. That doesn't work for me. And you don't have to say, I'm sorry. You don't have to give an explanation. You just can say that doesn't work for me. Okay. As a veterinarian, he said, we need to set ground rules for accessibility for our clients. Like that's a big one for people because one of the feelings as an equine veterinarian is not having any control over your life and having people after you all the time. And so setting those rules and then communicating them is so important. He said, don't hand out a policy sheet. He said, practice saying it out loud in a neutral tone of voice, face-to-face um, -face, in a warm, direct way, not with a policy paper. He said, 
that's going to be hard for people. And so sometimes you want to practice, do some role playing. And then, you know, detach from your need for the person you're saying it to, to like you. <laughs> right? We all have that. We want to be liked. We want to be loved. But you have to detach a little. These are clients. Um, learn to be warm and professional, but firm. It's sort of like um, with your kids, right? Um, and you have to think ahead of time. And his words were to budget emotionally and financially for the possibility of losing clients, a client, maybe more than one client, because not everybody's going to agree with your boundaries. Not everybody's the right client for you. So in thinking about that, he suggested that people ask themselves these questions. What's my limit? Would I rob a bank for these people? What's my limit, right? And what can I tolerate? And I think those are good questions. Um, he went on a little side trail about thinking about, are you indispensable? Is anyone indispensable? And the answer is no. And so that little side gig that he went on was, if you have a toxic employee that you think is indispensable, but they create all kinds of trouble in your organization, just cut them off. Cut the bad branch off because you'll find, he said, you'll wish you had done it a long, long time ago. And I heard people really talking about that after this presentation. Um, and I, I think that despite the fact that it was all um, ver verbal and no visuals, there were some great things here. And, you know, he said everyone needs to have people with which they can be vulnerable so that they can get support and affirmation suggestions. He said, it's not a luxury. It's absolutely like food and water. So I really thought that, that those um, things that he brought out were incredibly important. Um, and I would say that in thinking about his presentation on boundaries, understanding that four quadrants and the four different priorities of tasks is a, an absolutely um, excellent way to think about it. I mean, that really gives you, gives you something solid to sit down and do. It's, it's it not does. nebulous. It's not nebulous at all. And it really forces you to think about what you really want to prioritize in your life, um, which is important for all of us because the days and the weeks and the months fly by. And often we say, I want to do blah, blah, blah. And then it's the end of the year and you're starting another year again and you never did that thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. And, and that's hard. So do you have other comments? I mean, I, I, I think you and I have talked about this quite a bit offline, but I, it just seemed like the industry suddenly has just awakened to the fact that if we don't recreate the equine veterinarians 
life, then the equine veterinarian as a job is not going to exist. You know, that's that's such a true statement because those that are coming up behind us in the career have um, a strong, uh, stronger than we we had as a strong understanding of how important it is to have a full life, a life that exists outside of work, that you're not sacrificing your life on the altar of veterinary medicine, that your work can be passionate, that you can love it, but that you need other things in in order to have a full life. And that because of the way equine veterinary medicine has developed over the years as a as a lifestyle, as a seven day a week available all the time to, you know, its number one priority, um, that doesn't appeal to younger generations who have kind of their their mindset in a more healthy place. Honest I mean, I feel it's a more healthy, healthy place. I I totally agree. I think that's right. Are there any other comments that you would like to make, Dr. Grice? Um, Just that I think that these conversations around boundaries and creating space for a life outside of work are incredibly important and they need to continue in many different um, ways and and, uh, venues. Well, I, I think everyone is is getting on that page now, and I, I'm so looking forward to seeing what this coming year brings for the changes in equine veterinary practice. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Business of Practice podcast, and a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit. And we invite all of our listeners to visit equimanagement.com, your favorite podcast network, to hear every episode of the Business of Practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter K Brown, at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 